Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. And the ESPN Louisville app. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Thursday. It is time for Soccer City. Every Thursday night at 6 o'clock here on ESPN 680-1057 and the ESPN Louisville app. It is the show where we talk all things professional soccer in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville City FC, racing Louisville FC. Uh, It's a a good time to be talking about those two teams right now as well, which we will get into throughout the hour. I'm Jeff. Benton is across from me. Avery is our producer tonight. Uh, and, and as I just mentioned, Benton, this is a, a really good week to be a Louisville soccer fan. Uh, both teams coming off of victories at home. We've had nine goals uh, in just a, a half of a week. Since Friday, we've had nine goals at home and three wins. What a good time. It's a lot more exciting to step up to the microphone when you're talking about wins. And I'm so thrilled about that. So winning ways for both teams. What's gone right? We'll talk about that throughout the nights. Uh, for racing Louisville, back-to-back games against Kansas City. They won last night in the Challenge Cup. They turn around, head out to Missouri. Uh, actually, technically, I think it's in Kansas. Kansas City, Kansas is where the team plays. They head out to Kansas City uh, to play a regular season game on Saturday. Is that a problem? Is that an issue to play a team back-to-back games and a quick turnaround from Wednesday to Saturday? We'll talk about that. And we've got a phenomenal guest for today's show. Calling in at 620, Louisville City's head coach Danny Cruz will join us. And if you have questions... The UPS Jobs text line is wide open for your questions, and we will relay those questions to Danny Cruz. That's 437-9680. 437-9680 is the UPS Jobs text line, or you can hit us up on Twitter, at Soccer City Radio, at Purple SDF, at Jeff Milby. Get us your questions for Danny Cruz. I know you got some. Somebody out there has got a question for Danny Cruz. So shoot it to us, and we'll let him know, and we'll ask him that question coming up at 620 when he gives us a call. Uh, But let's start out. Benton talking about racing Louisville just because they played last night it's so fresh in the mind uh it's immediate uh, in terms of when you're thinking back to the last week uh it was a three to two thriller ultimately turned out to be over Kansas City last night at Lynn Family Stadium before a crowd of 4,000 or so uh, a little over for the 4,000 is what the announced attendance was this is in the NWSL Challenge Cup so it doesn't count in the regular season standings it counts towards that Challenge Cup tournament with a million dollar prize on the line uh, but it is another win for Racing Louisville, a team that so des- desperately needed to get some wins. They've now won back-to-back games since Friday. They've scored three goals in each of those games. Uh, the vibes are much, much better around Racing Louisville now than they were this time last week. Yeah, we're seeing a lot. I mean, we, we kept talking over and over again of what this team could be, and now we're starting to see that actually translate out into the pitch. And you know, if anything, like this is like their confidence has got to be shooting way up, and it's only going to help their play. So I'm very excited about where this team is heading. It's not just the goals, and it's not just the fact that they won. That would be enough, I think, if they had just went out and won. Because the way the season had gone, they went six games without a win. Um, the performances had been there, but the results had not been there. So it would have been enough just to go get a result and get a victory, or get a couple of victories, as it turned out. But it was also just the performances. Uh, the games each against Chicago on Friday night and then Kansas City last night uh, went according to script for how Racing Louisville wants to play. The press was dominant. The, the, it was suffocating against both teams. The ball hardly left uh, the Kansas City or Chicago end uh, in each game. Uh, and and that's, that's how Racing Louisville wants to play. That's how both teams want to play, frankly. But that's how Racing Louisville wants to play. And they were able to put their foot down on the throat of the opponent um, 
turn them over time and time again, create a number of chances all throughout both games, and, and come away with, with goal-scoring opportunities. And they were able to convert those goal-scoring opportunities. Um, it, it's just hard to, hard to understate how pleasing it was to finally see this racing Louisville team go onto the field, do what they're capable of, and have performances that got them three points in, in both the Challenge Cup standings and the regular season standings over this week. Yeah, they're, they're very much operating as a cohesive unit. And we've talked about how many international new players that they've had on the roster and they're starting to get more competitive minutes with one another and you're starting to see that click so I have reason to believe that they're going to be able to not only continue this but maybe even take it up another level am, yeah, I, getting, am I getting ahead of myself no you're not at all you're not at all because uh, I'm, I'm with you I think um, to your point though about the international players uh, Alex Chidiak who is an Australian international uh, got the start last night in the Challenge Cup, a player who's kind of been on the outside looking in a little bit this year for Racing Louisville. She uh, spoke to the media after the game, and uh, here's what she had to say, Avery. Um, in terms of, she mentioned the international players and how that's been a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, no, just to get that first win definitely um, takes a lot of pressure off us all. I mean, we feel like we are so close each and every time. We've got the great players for it. We, I think at the moment, because we have so many different nationalities, so many different players coming from different environments, we're trying to find those connections with each other. And in training, it's starting to click. And now, as we've got two wins um, on the bounce, hopefully we can keep that momentum going. It's just interesting to hear her say that. I mean, that's been such a part of the storyline for Racing Louisville, right? Uh, we remember early in the season, they were the first NWSL team to have a player from each continent represented in a game. Um, and clearly, obviously, there's a little bit of growing pains there. I mean, different languages, different cultures, different backgrounds, different playing styles, all having to gel. And maybe that's part of the issue. Maybe it's just taken this length of time, a couple of, well, several weeks now into the season, to finally get everybody on the same page to where they can click and connect and have those relationships on the field. Even when you have players coming domestically, you still need some time for them to acclimate and learn the the nuances of playing with one another, the timings of runs and just little things like that. So, um, yeah, that I mean, the fact of the language barrier and, and the cultural barriers that only add to that. So, I mean, we're, we're starting to see the fruits of the labor of getting them to play together. Let me play devil's advocate just briefly here um, because there is a little bit of a caveat, I think, to each of these two wins. Chicago, let's just say it, they're not very good. They stink. They're at the bottom of the standings. Uh, they were the only team below Racing Louisville at the time, and the way the game played out, they looked significantly below Racing Louisville in terms of quality, um, and, and Racing just just kicked their butt in that game, as they should have, as they should have. That's the silver lining, right? Play a bad team, you got to beat a bad team, and they did. Kansas City last night, they're a good team. They were in the championship game last year in the NWSL. They've got a ton of talent, a ton of stars. However, here's my devil's advocate. Last night's win for Racing Louisville is not as significant because that Kansas City team, they rested a bunch of their star players. CeCe Kaiser, former Racing Louisville player, she was on the bench until the late, uh, the late minutes of the game. Uh, Dabinia, who made a humongous move from North Carolina in the offseason for a big dollar amount. Kansas City. She didn't come on until very late uh, in the game. Lulu Labanta also, same thing there. They brought her on in the second half late on. Uh, so the stars for Kansas City weren't out there until the end of the game. And that's why I think there's a little bit of concern about this game Saturday because you would expect they'll be back in the starting lineup. And in my opinion, it'll be a different Kansas City that Racing Louisville has to play Saturday than they won the, the, the one that they saw last night. So uh, Am I being overly critical with that with that thought? What do you think? What no, do you I, I think those are very few, uh, very fair points. Uh, I have a few things to add to that. One, both of those matches we had the luxury of playing at home. I, I think that's certainly something that you have to factor in the equation. Um, you know, as, as far as the Chicago match goes, um, yeah, we should be beating them, but we beat them decisively, and um, I, I, I think that definitely adds to that. You know, we didn't squeak away with a a 1-0 win. We controlled the game. We won the game. We looked good pretty much all the way around. And as far as the Kansas City match goes, we had a little bit of rotation too, not to the magnitude that they had, but a little bit as well I still think is worth noting. If anything, I think they're, you know, I mean, if you do want to criticize that match and say that we might have won because of the rotation, which I don't think is completely fair, um, I think the bigger value there is the confidence it's building with the squad, right? They had this tough start to the season. It, w- it wasn't great at all. You get this huge win against Chicago. I mean, regardless of the magnitude, that was the get-right game that you needed, a decisive win. And then you, uh, you win again against Kansas City. You've got some really good positive momentum going. But now the real challenge is you're going to play the same team again. They're going to be starting their starters, and you're going to be playing away from home. So this is going to be a really good test. And if they can get a win on the road against Kansas City – 
oh man, they're going to be rolling. Yeah, I mean, to your point, if they can get the win on Saturday uh, out in Kansas City against presumably their their top choice team, their front line starters, the players like we mentioned that didn't start last night, um, then this team is well and truly back in the mix uh there's no more thought that this is a bad racing louisville team i think if they win on saturday they've they will have proven that those early season performances uh that were good the flashes that we saw are the real deal and that this team will be the real deal if they can continue to perform consistently for a full 90 minutes um the the confidence boost thing that's that's a a real thing for this team uh kim bjorkgren sort of mentioned it in his postgame comments last night as well i think it was really important uh we were talking about it before the game i think it was necessary to win a home game against kansas today so um yeah i'm I'm really happy with uh, the win again and also to build like build the culture that we can win actually was maybe even more important for us yeah He's, he calls it the culture, build the culture that we can win. I'll call it the, the belief in the team, the belief that they can win, that they know when they look at each other, when the, when the going gets tough, when they give up a goal like they did last night, they gave up an early goal. They went down one to nothing uh, and then stormed back to score two before halftime. Um, they now have the ability to look at each other and say, all right, we've been here. We've done that. We've been down before. We've come back to win games. There's no reason to, to get down on yourself um, just having those wins, and that's why even with a backup Kansas City lineup in the, in the game last night, that's why that win is so important, I think, yeah. uh, because it just builds that self-belief in the team that they can do it. So to tie it to Louisville City, we want them to get to that sort of level of mentality and feeling, right? Louisville City walks into every game knowing that they can and should win. Every game, even games against like big t- opponents like San Antonio. They know they can do it. They know they have the talent. They know that they are better and can be the best. We want racing to get to that part. We think we have the building blocks there, but they haven't yet fully put it together. We're starting to see the the fruits of that labor, as I said before. But we want them to be able to walk in every game like knowing and expecting to win. They're not quite there yet, but they're getting there. They are getting there. And let's talk about one of those building blocks uh, with just a few minutes to go in the segment. We could fill an hour of the show talking about this player, I think. Uh, But Savannah DeMello. Second-year player at a USC was drafted uh, along in the same draft class as Jalen Howell and the same midfield as Jalen Howell. Um, she has absolutely taken a step forward, if not a couple of steps forward this year into stardom. Um, not to say she wasn't good last year. She was. She absolutely had flashes of brilliance. Her, her dribbling ability, her ability to, to strike a free kick. Um, you knew that she was going to be a really good player down the line. But... Already this year, she's equaled her goal total from last year. She had four goals all last year. She scored four times this season between regular season play and Challenge Cup play. Um, This is a star. Savannah DeMello is a star. She is going to be – she's already in the conversation maybe to even make the World Cup roster this summer. Vladko Andonovsky, the head coach for the U.S. Women's National Team, was in Louisville on Friday watching Racing Louisville beat Chicago. You'd have to think, partly – to see if see what Savannah DeMello is made of in person, right? She is an absolute star in the game, and she's here in Louisville and will be through 2025 and maybe longer if she wants to sign another contract. Um, it, it's, it's something that the greater Louisville sports uh, world isn't paying attention to, and they should. She is going to be a, a world-class player and already really is a world-class player. Two goals last night, two really phenomenal goals last night. Uh, and she just continues to wow you every single time you see her take the field. So a few additional things to add to that. One, us drafting her, we got we got very fortunate with that one. She was very sought after in the draft, but she was coming off of an injury. So she fell a few places, just enough for her to get her. I think we still got her, what, like number four, number four, six, yeah. something like that. It was, yeah. right at, it was shortly after her Jalen Howe selection. But as far as her goals that she scored this season, correct me if I'm wrong here, I think all of them except for her PK have been outside the box, which is just a wild stat. I think you might be right. I mean, last night, it was a crazy turn of events, by the way, last night. There was a goal that was waved off for offside, and from the ensuing free kick, Racing won the ball immediately, got it right to DeMello at the top of the box. She hit it with the outside of her right foot. And the goalkeeper didn't even dive for it because she had no idea where it was going. The way that DeMello struck it was so deceptive. And it's a goal. I mean, they, they got a goal back after getting one wiped off, the, wiped off the board literally as quickly as possible in in a, a sensational fashion, the way DeMello hit it. Um, I mean, yeah, it, all of her goals really have been highlight reel kind of goals this year. And even the goals, even the goals she hasn't scored. I mean, think of one off the post against Angel City on, on a really terrific turn. I, she has... 
I, I can't understand. I can't. I can't sell it enough. How much of a star she has become this year. I mean, she's already going to be. I think she's in the conversation for MVP in the league, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's very. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's very early. It's very early. But if there's anybody in the league that's that's carried their team on their back, it's Savannah DeMello. I, I mean, every time. Every time Racing Louisville takes the field, she demands your attention. Every time she gets the ball, you're like, wow, look at that. Look at her take that player on the dribble. Look at her draw those fouls. You know, look at her when she, when she has goal-scoring opportunities, the way she can strike a ball. It's, it's, she's just been such a phenomenal, phenomenal player this year for Racing Louisville. Yeah, I'll be completely transparent. I knew she was going to continue to grow and be good, but she's far exceeded my ex- expectations. She's, her, her talent level is just skyrocketing. I mean, you're, like, like you said, we're, you're seeing a star in the making. She's inevitably going to be part of the um, women's national team. It's just a matter of when. Hopefully, she can make the uh, this upcoming roster. It'll be uh, it'll be tough, but I mean, she's she's proven her case. My thing: How do you not take her to the World Cup? Right? I mean, she's been so good. Who knows if somebody gets hurt, she's able to produce. I mean, it, she has to be there. Here's what she had to say last night about her goals. By the We've way, we've been working on the press a lot, and Jordan did a great job of reading the ball playing it to me and then I just finished the opportunity um but it's just been a full team performance like everyone's been contributing and then the second one was a great ball by Uche and uh, like I said we're getting numbers in the box so we're just um punishing them and I think that's like a full team effort getting numbers forward everything I mean obviously giving credit to her teammates like any good teammate does uh but but suffice it to say that Savannah DeMello I think is as impactful on her team's winning as any athlete in Louisville that we have right now, whether that's Louisville men's basketball, Louisville football, Louisville women's basketball, name any team you want. Uh, Lou City. I think Savannah DeMello is as impactful on whether her team wins or loses as any athlete. I, I think more than any athlete we have in the city right now. Uh, it, we, we'll, we'll continue to talk about her all season because we have to. Um, but if you're a fan of sports – Savannah DeMello is worth the price of admission by herself, regardless of whether she has talented teammates, and she does. Just go to get Racing Louisville games to watch Savannah DeMello play because you're not going to regret it. And one day in a couple of years' time when she's scoring big goals for the national team, you'll remember that you picked up on her before she broke out on the national team level. I, I was going to say something very similar to that. I'm like, come so you can say you saw her playing in her first few seasons. Go brag to everybody that you saw a young Savannah DeMello at Racing Louisville. All right, we got to take a break. We got a great guest coming up on the other side of the break. Uh, Danny Cruz, Louisville City's head coach, coming off of a fantastic performance for his team and a win over Miami over the weekend. He's going to call in and chat with us. And we, if you have questions, send them our way and we will ask Danny Cruz those questions. 437 9680 is the UPS Jobs text line. You can hit us up on Twitter at Jeff Milby, at Soccer City Radio, at Purple SDF. Danny Cruz on Soccer City here on ESPN 680 1057 and the ESPN Louisville app when we return. You're listening to Soccer City right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. Welcome back to Soccer City here on a Thursday night on ESPN 680, 105.7 and the ESPN Louisville app. Louisville City in action, not this weekend, but a week from yesterday. Their next home game and the next game in general is next Wednesday night, 7.30 at Lynn Family Stadium against FC Tulsa. $2 beers, $2 hot dogs available in the fan zone starting at 6 o'clock. There are also $8 student tickets. There are all-you-can-eat tickets that are available. Lots of really good options, and it is going to be a, a part of a growing, growing crowd. This Louisville City crowd has been exceptional this year. Uh, big, big numbers. So you don't want to miss it. 502 Lucity is the phone number. Lucity.com slash tickets. If you want to go online to get your seats, again, Lucity against Tulsa a week from yesterday, next Wednesday at 7.30 at Lynn Family Stadium is the next time the boys in purple will take the field. Their head coach, Danny Cruz, is joining us by phone. Hey, Danny, uh, thanks for taking the time to, to talk to us today. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. So, uh, obviously, you guys had a phenomenal, phenomenal performance against Miami over the weekend. Uh, it just really felt like, you know, you, you had talked about uh, the, the goal-scoring situation, and you kept saying, just wait, you know, one of these games, it's going to break for us. One of these games, we're going to have a ton of goals. And the performance on Saturday felt like that sort of breakthrough performance where uh, you guys really put it on, a, on, a, on the top gear in the top level against a huge crowd at home. Uh, just what were your impressions of that game against Miami? 
Yeah, I think, listen, first and foremost, like you've been talking about, the, the atmosphere was incredible. You know, being at home is a massive difference in having to travel on the road, and, and our support has been incredible this season. Uh, and, and as I said in the post-match press conference, you know, I, I've constantly felt that we've been creating the chances that we just haven't had, you know, the quality in front of goal that we need, but that it was going to come, you know. And I thought that you could feel the atmosphere once the, you know, once the second goal went in. I felt really confident that the group would continue to push forward. And, uh, you know, we we continue to be impressed by, you know, what the atmosphere is presenting. And, and our players feel that, you know, as they get tired, uh, you know, they, they push us forward. The fans push us forward. So uh, really happy about the performance and obviously the result. And we're looking forward to what sounds like it's going to be an incredible Wednesday. So, uh, Coach Cruz, I know it's early in the season you've you had a lot of injuries that you were managing. And I know you place a lot of emphasis in the – in the competition in trainings, uh, injury list has gotten a little bit lighter, not, not totally empty, but a little lighter. Um, how has that positively impacted your, your squad? Yeah, I think by Wednesday it's going to be a lot lighter. Uh, and I think it, it's going to create a lot of difficult decisions, you know, and ultimately I've constantly felt since I've been at this club that when these guys have competition, it gets the best out of the players. And so, when you look at, uh, you know, the players that have missed out on the A-team, you know, for example, on the weekend, uh, you know, Enoch Mushigalusa wasn't in the A-team, right? That's a player that has had a lot of success in this league. Uh, we're going to continue to push these guys, and they're going to continue to push one another, and, and we're confident uh, that, that as the competition continues to ramp up, we're going to get the best out of the group, you know? So uh, I think we're looking forward to Wednesday. I think there's going to be a lot of competition like we talked about, and and we're going to see, you know, who continues to compete and put themselves in a good position to, to hopefully get a good result on the on the Wednesday. You mentioned that there might be some difficult decisions in terms of, you know, who's going to make the 18, who's going to make the starting lineup. Two guys that I would imagine it's a little bit easier to include automatically uh, in that lineup, Brian Ombi and Sean Tosh I'm talking about. Um, I want to ask you about them because – they're older guys at this point in their career. I mean, I think I think some Louisville City fans maybe coming into the season and frankly coming into the last couple of seasons thought, all right, when are we going to start to see them fall off a little bit? When are we going to see these guys start to decline and show their age a little bit? And it just has not happened. They consistently perform every week for you uh, when they're available. Um, so just, just tell us about those two guys and what they mean to the team and also you know, how have they been able to, to sustain the, the productivity that they've displayed uh, lengthy, you know, into their 30s now. It's just incredible. Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think when you look at how Brian started the year, right, Monterey uh, had, had uh, before his red card, he was he was doing an incredible job. Orange County, the same. And then he gets the red card, right? He's got to miss a game. But I think when you look at his consistency this year so far, uh, it's been tremendous. And I think the way he takes care of his body, uh, away from the field, the way that he, uh, the work that he puts in, sorry, on the training ground, uh, puts him in these positions to be able to continue to perform at a high level, you know, and, and when you look at Tosh, again, extremely consistent, a guy that is extremely strong at the back, you know, we gave him the armband on the weekend, and I thought he did an incredible job leading the group, um, you know, and between the two of them, these are guys that know what it takes to win, right, and, and, you know, for me, when I, when I look at what our group needs, and what we need to continue to do to, to be successful and win games, these guys, uh, they've been there, and they continue to show uh, their ability to do it, right? And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly impressed by their ability to, to grow and to learn and to lead. Uh, and, again, we need, to, we need to make sure that we keep them healthy. We need to make sure that uh, they continue to put themselves in a position to, to, to perform at the level that they have been. So, Coach Cruz, what are, you, uh, what are your general impressions of the league thus far in the season? There's kind of been some surprises. Uh, Charleston obviously leveled up with the acquisition of uh, Ben Pierman. Birmingham, year over year, has gotten better. Sacramento's been really outstanding. Um, what do you, so what are you making of, of all these uh, shifting in the standings? Yeah, it's funny, Ben. I got asked that question earlier today. I was on a phone call, and and the, I think the easiest way to put it is is that I, I think the league, in my opinion, has gotten stronger. I think from from top to bottom, uh, and then, you know, when I look at uh, how we've handled the season so far with the travel, with the injuries, with the performances that we've had, I think we've put ourselves in a position again where I think we're four points off the top of the entire league uh, with a game in hand, uh, with 
you know, and that's with injuries, that's with travel. So uh, the league has certainly improved, but I'm really, really happy with where our group is and what we've been able to to do up to this point, uh, given the circumstances. Talking with Danny Cruz, Louisville City's head coach here on Soccer City, ahead of their game next week against Tulsa at home at Lynn Family Stadium, 7.30 on Wednesday night. Uh, if you want to head out for that one. Uh, one of the other big headlines of this season so far, Danny, has, has clearly obviously been Josh Winder um, because of all the, the off the field, well, not off the field, but off of the Louisville City field accolades that he's gotten. He's uh, off with the U-20 men's national team at the World Cup. Um, you know, clearly, I would imagine you're, you're so proud of his progress, but just how proud is the team in general? I mean, there's a lot of veteran guys on this team, like we mentioned, guys in their 30s who have been around for a number of years. How, how cool is it for them to see this young kid who was, you know, just a teenager, is a teenager, uh, but was just a little kid a couple of years ago, and he's burst on the scene and is now off on the international stage? It's such a great question. I'm, I'm really glad you asked it. I think, uh, and I've talked to, talked about this in the in the press before you know i think josh would be the first to tell you that without this locker room he's not where he is uh today you know the amount of pride that that the entire group takes uh from seeing uh josh continue to progress the way that he has and you know on saturday being able to watch him uh in a world cup where the the you know the u.s crest uh our entire locker room takes pride in that you know and when i look at how our, our our veterans have treated him and helped him grow as a person and as a player, that's something that I take a lot of pride in, and I know they do as well. So, you know, for us, uh, this this young man has, has continued to grow and, and, and gotten to a high level at his performance, and uh, we couldn't be happier for him. And I know that my, you know, my players feel exactly the same uh, as I do there. So what has been some of your messaging to him when he's made some of these, you know, pretty big um, career moves, such as um, making the U-20 uh, roster, going to, um, to the camp with the national team? Yeah, the senior team, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think the biggest thing, and, and I've been there, I, I haven't been at this, uh, I didn't play it, uh, for our senior team, you know, but I played for the 20s, and my biggest messaging to him then was that, uh, to stay humble, to stay hungry, uh, to not get complacent and to continue to do what you're doing. And if you do that, you'll get to where you want to go. But if you feel you've made it, uh, you know, that's when adversity can kind of step in, you know. So I want him to enjoy it, but I also want him to, to walk in there uh, and, and, and remain humble. Uh, and I think he's done a really good job of doing that. I think one of the things, a lot of the feedback that I've got from the national team uh, is that this is a, a young man that's hungry, uh, and that is humble and that is working hard and is tenacious. Uh, and, and that's how I want my entire group to be described, you know. And, and the minute you feel you've made it uh, is the minute that it can all be taken away, you know. So that's been the messaging to him in, in our individual meetings. Uh, and I think he's done an amazing job uh, of making sure he goes in there, he works hard, he keeps his head down, he stays humble. Uh, and I think that's why you see, you know, him getting to the levels that he has been so far. One more on Josh, uh, Danny. Um, it, it seems like that he's kind of on the, in terms. If you're a national, you know, soccer observer, he's burst onto the scene a little bit. I mean, just a couple of years ago, he'd never been called up by any youth national team. Um, he gets his first call up last year. Already has a senior call up as well. Uh, in, in your experience, you know, being around soccer in this country, has, is there anything you can compare it to where he just kind of bursts out of nowhere in terms of the national scene? I mean, I'm sure you guys, you know, had your eyes on him for a few years now and knew his quality and knew his talent, but but nationally, he's kind of come out of nowhere. No, I think it's I think it's totally a fair question. I think it's certainly unique, you know, uh, but I also think it's a testament to to what the club's doing here, to to what our team is doing here. Uh, and again, it doesn't matter the level that you're playing at. It's about the performances. Uh, and he's continued to show, you know, he's more than capable at the highest level. I think uh, I was obviously extremely, uh, you know, I felt a lot of pride the minute I got that email, you know, and was able to share that with, with Josh uh, and the club. Uh, but I think it's deserved. I think he's done an excellent job of trying to grow and learn. Um, and when you look at the dynamic, I think ultimately it's about how is the individual performing when he's with us and how is he performing when he's with, whether it be the 20s or the 19s or the full team. And he's put himself in a position to show uh, that he's grown and that he's going to continue to grow. And I think he certainly deserved the call up that he got with the full team. But I would say, to your point, 
uh, it's rare, and it's rare because you know not not everybody's always watching. Uh, and I think he's done a good job of when he's being watched, uh, performing at a high level. So uh, you have a lot of other youngsters on the roster that are that are doing pretty well in their careers, um, respectively. So uh, Carlos Mogul, Elijah Widener, Ray Serrano, all young guys. What do you make of all the young guys' uh, development? Yeah, I think we've tried to do a good job of balancing the roster with the experience and young guys. I think when you look at Elijah on the weekend, my opinion, you know, I brought him in at halftime. I thought he was the be- one of the best players on the field. Not even a question. Uh, and it's it's about constantly looking for consistency from these guys. So, uh, you know, with Mogul, with Ray, Ray obviously had an injury for a good portion of the year so far. Um, but these are players that have uh, a lot of quality and that I think have a, a massive ceiling. Uh, and I think they're at a club that wants them to reach that ceiling. Uh, they have a manager that wants them uh, to reach that ceiling and that believes in them, you know. And so I think they're in a good spot for the development. I think they're in a spot where they have a club and a manager that believes in them. And, and ultimately, we have to continue to try to get the best out of them. And if we do that, I think it'll be best for the group and for the individual. Uh, and so, you know, when you look at the Josh, when you look at Winder, uh, Elijah, sorry, when you look at Ray, uh, Owen, we have, a, we have a lot of young guys that I think have a high ceiling. And it's, it's about continuing to try to maximize that and doing everything we can to help. Just a few more for you, Danny, and we really uh, appreciate your time th- this evening. Um, it, it strikes me as an interesting time in the schedule for you guys. Uh, it was such a busy first two months. You went to California twice. You had that three-game road trip in eight days where you go to Charleston, you go to Cincinnati, you go to Memphis. Uh, then you get the weekend off for the Kentucky Derby, and now suddenly, almost you know, almost immediately, you got another weekend off ahead of a midweek game. So how are you managing all this time off for the team? Uh, is it coming at a good time? Is it like a blessing for the team because you can get guys healthy? Or is there also maybe a little chance that – They'll come out rusty next week. How do you how do you manage this this weird sort of schedule that that's shaken out for you guys? Yeah, I think it's a completely fair question. So, uh, you know, tried to after the Memphis game, give them a little bit of time off, obviously with the Derby, uh, and I wanted my hope was that everybody got healthy, you got some time away mentally, uh, had a good performance against Miami. Going into this week, I gave them a number couple days off because of the performance against Miami. Um, and then, you know, we're trying to take this time to get everybody healthy. That's the biggest thing. And we're very close uh, to being where we want to be, where my decisions become extremely difficult with the 18, like we talked about, uh, and with the starting lineup. Um, but we've been pushing the guys still this week in training. Uh, we've been making sure that physically we're, we're maximizing the time that we have to push them so that we can continue to build our fitness. Uh, but I think we're going to be in a good way come uh, come Tulsa, which is is what's really important, you know. Um, but it's been an interesting time. I would have loved, honestly, to have this separated within the season a little bit more. But it is what it is, and we have to we have to manage it from there. Danny, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time to chat with us. Uh, good luck going forward throughout the rest of the season. Let's uh, let's do it again here in a little while, maybe in a few weeks. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. It's Danny Cruz, Louisville City's head coach, taking the time to join us here on Soccer City uh, this evening. Again, ahead of his game, uh, his team's game next week, Wednesday night against Tulsa at Lynn Family Stadium, 7.30 next Wednesday night. Um, anything stick out to you there, Benton? I could pepper him with questions for hours. Yeah, of course we could, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't want to take up too much of his time because no, uh, we could just pick his brain all night. But. Yeah, I mean, it's good to hear the direction that the team is going. Obviously, you got this uh, old established talent that are continuing to – to earn their spots in the roster and at the same time you got all these young guys that he just continues to, to praise and we get to see that on the field too you know um we're, we're just we're just in a really good um, spot you know there were a few shaky moments early in the season but all in all when you look at it wide scale i mean this team is absolutely on the right track and um one thing that did stick out to me and and i've kind of thought this as well it's kind of reaffirming to hear it from somebody as uh as, as smart as him is that the league is getting stronger yeah. and stronger year after year. And I think that's what makes part of last season's run as remarkable as it was. If you look at their, their goals and um, earned per match and, and points, it's just, it just phenomenal. And, and the bar is so high for this team. But how cool is that, that we can put those, that level of expectation on our squad knowing that they can achieve that? 
Yeah, you've made this point on air and, and, and uh, online before that uh, last year's team, I think, was probably the best Louisville City team we've had. Oh, I would argue that every day. They, they just didn't bring home the championship, which is why you can't really you know, make that call. You can't really put that title, that label on them because they didn't oh, bring I, home the title. I <laughs> I, you, you go ahead. I mean, I, I understand it. I, I just feel like you just got to. I mean, they were right there in the championship game. That's why you can't yeah. really say they're there with the 17 and 18 team. But in terms of regular season, in terms of depth, I think, in terms of just across the board talent uh, and then obviously results across the board as well I mean I, I think last year's team has to be up there uh, if not the best and that's why that's why you know maybe it was a little bit critical of, of fans and I'll, I'll include myself because I you know I, I talked about it on air and, and on Twitter a little bit as well when this little goal scoring drought came up uh, that's why it was so puzzling because yeah. this team was so talented brought back 21 guys off last year's team every significant contributor um, and, and it just was a little bit surprising but they seem clearly based on Saturday's performance against Miami they have absolutely righted the ship whatever wrongs uh, took place earlier in the year they're back on the right track uh, Miami it was just such a such a lifting performance from a Louisville City fan perspective to see them go out on the field and do it like they did it last year uh, and and really put on a show before eleven thousand uh, fans. Yeah, I mean, I stand by what I've said and what I've wrote about it. I mean, the the numbers that we had going into the Miami match, they were just not sustainable for for a champion club. But then again, still plenty of season to right those yeah. wrongs. And Miami was the first step on that journey. Uh, Miami's a good team, a team that's probably going to make the playoffs. So to to get a win like that, huge big also, momentum builder. Also interesting to me that uh, the. Danny admitted uh, to wishing he had this time off spread out a little bit more of the season. It's just such a strange way the year has shaken out for them schedule-wise. They played 10 games in the first two months, two different trips to California, um, and now in May they are, they're only going to play three games in the whole month, mm-hmm. and they've got two weekends off. It's just such a strange little stretch. But, I mean, like you said, you know, you deal with it as it's thrown at you. You can't control it. Uh, you, you, you control what you can control, worry about what you, what you control, um, and, and honestly, you know, like he alluded with the injury situation, hopefully this allows a lot of guys to get healthy and come Wednesday at Tulsa, come this next run of games that they're about to have coming up, they can have their full complement of players, which is just has not been the case. I mean, that's talk about the reasons for the, the little goal scoring. Well, the injuries are as big a part of it as anything, because they've just not had their full team available to them to a point you've made not only for games but also in training and practice they've not had the guys there to push each other in practice every day yeah and uh, you know cam is i mean cam's injury history is isn't isn't a secret or, or yeah. not known thing at, so at this, i think at this point over the last two years especially right so i mean they brought in additional striker depth which i certainly think can think help on the on the attacking side of things but um you know, schedules are never perfect. Um, I'm glad they're getting the time to rest now because it has just been kind of a lengthy list to start the season. And I'm hoping that going forward, they're able to keep that list relatively, relatively small. But you never know what's going to happen. All right, let's take our final time out. We've got plenty left to talk about, though. Uh, we're going to keep digging into Louisville City, their great performance against Miami, what the next coming weeks look, for the, uh, look like for them. Um, and oh, by the way, we talked about the, the U-20 World Cup with Josh Winder. Uh, the first game for the U.S. in that World Cup is coming up on Saturday. So Lou City's off, uh, but racing is in action. And the U.S. U-20s with both Josh Winder and Jonathan Gomez, former Louisville City player, they are in action at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon against Ecuador. Uh, so we'll talk about that and con- continue to talk about Louisville City when we come back. at Soccer City here on ESPN 680-1057 and the ESPN Louisville app. You're locked on Soccer City, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. That's right, it's Soccer City every Thursday night at 6 o'clock on the same airwaves. ESPN 680, 105.7, the ESPN Louisville app, ESPNLouisville.com, wherever you listen. We're on every Thursday night at 6 o'clock. Louisville City, we mentioned they're dealing. Uh, they've got a game coming up on Wednesday night at home against FC Tulsa. $2 beers and hot dogs starting at 6 in the fan zone. LouCity.com slash tickets or 502 City to get your seats. Racing Louisville on the heels of back-to-back wins. Look, this is a good team now, folks. I mean, the last couple of years, I, I get it if you're not showing up to games. They've, they've not been that good the last couple of years. Uh, but this season, there's so much talent on this team, so much young talent on this racing Louisville team, and they're starting to figure it out with back-to-back wins. So more people need to start showing up 
to appreciate this team for what they are. Your next opportunity to do that isn't until May 27th. That's nine days from now, a week from Saturday. Racing takes on the North Carolina Courage. That's an 8 o'clock game at Lynn Family Stadium, again on the 27th. $8 student tickets. If you're a student listening to us, uh, $8 tickets are available to you. There are also all-you-can-eat options, all kinds of great seats available. RacingLouFC.com slash tickets. 502 Lou City is the phone number for both teams. Some great chances to see some really good soccer between Lou City and Racing Louisville in Butchertown over the next week and a half. You're forgetting the most important selling point for these college kids, the Kentucky's largest outside bar. That's right. Yes. At the stadium. I think Churchill is going to pass that whenever they get all done with their construction. But right now, that is still the official title. That's right. And a college student loves nothing more than an outdoor bar. Give them some $2 beers before the game. Good old time. So it's coming up again on the 27th for racing and next Wednesday for Louisville City. Let's keep talking about Lou City uh, and their fabulous performance against Miami over the weekend. It was a 3-1 win for the boys in purple. The first multiple goal game they've had offensively since the season opener. So they kind of broke out of that slump a little bit uh, and put on a show before 11,200-some fans and also 350-some dogs on pups at the pitch night, uh, as it turned out. Uh, But one guy... You know, we've talked a lot about the headline makers, Brian Obi, we asked Danny Cruz about Sean Tosh, Josh Winder, guys that are consistently uh, catching headlines and catching attention for their performances. One guy that consistently goes on under the radar, but is always good, seemingly, is Tyler Gibson. And he came into this game on Saturday at halftime and was part of an utterly dominant second half for Louisville City. It was a back-and-forth first half in this game. Uh, City had the ball some. Miami had the ball some. They each had their chances. In the second half, that was not the case. Miami didn't have a sniff in the second half. They didn't even get a shot off in the second half. In terms of second-half statistics, City with 10 shots, three on target. Miami without a shot. Um, the boys in purple came out in, in the second half from that halftime locker room. I don't know what Danny Cruz said. That would have been a good question to ask him. What did you say? Uh, because whatever it was, the message was heard, and they killed him in the second half on Saturday. And Tyler Gibson coming off the bench in that deep-lying, holding midfield spot. He's just a connector of the dots all across the field, and what he does is so understated, so underrated. He's not a guy that's going to grab your attention, but he is consistently contributing to positive play and contributing to Louisville City wins, and that was the case Saturday. Jeff, I don't know if you know this, but I'm the president of the Tyler Gibson fan club. Oh, I'm promoting him. He just does not get the credit he deserves, so I'm on a crusade to get him (laughs) noticed. You know what I want? I want him to win a player of the match. He's not going to score any goals. We know that. That's right. His contributions are different. We just need to recognize the quiet contributors, and he is one of the central figures of that. There's other people like that, but he is the one that probably gets the least credit in ratio to his contributions. Benton Newman is the king of Tyler Gibson Island right now. (laughs) You've got the castle and the crown, and you're there all by yourself. His only flaw is that he's a Tennessee fan. Well, he's from Knoxville, to be fair to him. But, yeah, I it's mean. It's still a flaw. It is still a flaw. I mean, what he does, though, he's just that connective tissue. Mm-hmm. When they swing the ball from side to side, you know, on, on Saturday particularly, they had a couple of situations where they would work the ball from, you know, the right end where Miami had numbers forward and they'd swing it through the pressure and break into the into the space to get it into the attacking end. And Tyler Gibson in the middle of the field is just that guy that he gets the ball, turns, and keeps the ball moving, keeps it swinging around to the other side to get it into that space and get them into promising positions. Um, like you said, he's not a guy that's going to score goals. He's never scored a goal for Louisville City, if, I, if I'm correct. I believe I am. Never scored a goal for Louisville City. He's really, frankly, not going to get that many assists either. Um, and so to your point about the man of the match poll, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be on it very often. But, but he's good. He, is, he contributes to the team's flow. He contributes to their winning. Uh, and, and I'm with you. I am on. If there's, I'm, my boat is sailing towards Tyler Gibson Island right now to join you on there. He deserves a man of the match award. You want to be like the secretary or the treasurer? Of, I, of I, will I will be. I will <laughs> be the secretary of the Tyler Gibson fan club. I'm going to get into the ears of the people creating these polls, and I'm going to get his name on there as much as I can just for that shot of getting him voted on there but um yeah, i mean to your point though like yeah no goals no assists you're going to see from him that's because he's the pass before the pass before the assist that's exactly the right yeah he's uh you know he's he keeps the play moving like you said he's he's going to help create and, and get that momentum going at the same time he also flexes back and almost acts as a center back at, at times as well he i mean 
he's truly can do both sides of the ball and is very a very responsible player. Yes, um, that's a really good word for. I love that yeah. responsible. Yes, and he's he's one that um, I often kind of get, attribute to this is uh, Pat McMahon from from a few seasons yep. back. He was very much a you know exactly what you're going to get from player. And Tyler's very much that mold. You put him out there, you know exactly what you're going to get. Can you go back and point out a match where he was particularly like notably awful? Right, you can't. I can't. You can't. Uh, I, and not to be – that's why he goes unnoticed a little bit. Exactly. Because he's not out there. One, he'll, he'll never make a mistake, hardly. Yeah. Um, and, and he just – he does all the little things. He fills the gaps. You know, you talked about him going along the back line. He'll, he'll sit and be like a third center back at times when they're trying to build out of the back between whether it's Tosh and Winder or Tosh and Sharpie, whoever it is back there. He'll go in and just fill that gap a little bit. He's, he, he just does all the little things. And it's my understanding, too, over the past few seasons, he's really stepped up and been one of the kind of vocal leaders within the locker room, too. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the off-the-field influence that, that you like to see as well. Right, and, and an older guy in the locker room as well, a veteran at this stage. He's in his 30s, too. Uh, a couple of other performances that are worth noting from Saturday's Loose City win against Miami. Uh, Dylan Maris scored his first Louisville City goal. It was uh, an early, early goal inside the opening 10 minutes. Wasn't necessarily meant to be his goal, but he was in the right place at the right time. The ball deflected right to him, and he tapped it home nicely uh, to score for the first time. It's great to see him. He's another guy that's battled injury. Uh, He had a thumb injury, a strange one that kept him out for a little while. Uh, In the offseason, he was the big impact signing. Everybody thought he would make a huge impact on this team. He's sort of the like-for-like switch for Corbin Bone, who retired in the offseason. Great to see him on the score sheet and starting to contribute. He scored 10 in El Paso last season, so we knew we had it in him. So it was like a and not a, sort of like a win not if situation so glad he finally got on the score sheet's got to be a good confidence booster again after all the injury troubles that he's had uh rasmus tellefson continues to uh in my eye improve i'll say improve because the first couple of weeks of the season kind of like gibson you didn't really notice him out there that often uh and he was a guy that we thought would be a little bit more of a playmaker a guy that was going to threaten the goal that was going to be getting those assists he might not be like gibson the pass to the pass to the pass he was going to be the pass to the goal in my mind because he plays in an advanced position he can play as a winger plays as a 10 um but he's starting to to catch your eye a little bit more he's had a couple of eye-popping attempts at goal uh just couldn't get him on target uh he's starting to, to make his presence felt oh yeah he's absolutely starting to gel with the squad and i tell you he's knocking on that door he's got a goal coming sooner than later he had two two looks in that last match actually the one that dylan Amara scored off of was a shot attempt he had that was that was blocked by another defender and later in the match i want to say it was around the 60 minute mark he had a i think he took a shot off a of volley and went just over the crossbar i mean he's He's getting close. He's going to get one soon. One other uh, a name, a, a performance uh, that is notable. Martin Powell's made his debut for uh, for Louisville City on Saturday. The new signee from the Netherlands joined up uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, coming over from the second division in the Netherlands. Uh, the six foot seven player. Uh, I'm going there, Benton. I texted you about this because when I thought of it, I was so excited. I'm making it happen. As the radio announcer for Louisville City, I'm making it happen. I love nicknames. We need more nicknames, uh, particularly for this Louisville City team. He's the windmill. He's from the Netherlands. He's six foot seven. He is a towering giant. If he goes up and scores with his head, he's the windmill. It's gonna that's that's the name. That's the nickname. Martin the windmill Powells. Write it down. It's perfect. It's topical because of where he comes from and his height. I'm on board. I just all he needs one time is to leap up and head it home from his six foot seven frame, and it'll be it'll be like the swinging arm of a of a Dutch windmill rising above the crowd to head it home. I cannot wait for that moment. And I, if you're listening to this, let's make it stick. I want it so bad. No, no. What you need is a bicycle kick from him. So he has a oh, full windmill wow. motion. I don't know if you should put all your uh, bet on that one happening, but uh, that would really fulfill your prophecy. <laughs> that absolutely will. Let's talk about Tulsa a little bit. Um, they're a team that currently is below the playoff line in the USL championship down uh, in that Eastern Conference, as it turns out. Uh, Tulsa, you don't think of as an Eastern Conference team, but they are. They're currently in 10th place. Top eight make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. They're one point back of Loudoun United, even on games played. It's a team that has won just once this year, FC Tulsa. Uh, Louisville City, 5-2-2, 17 points. They're just one point back of Charleston in the East. And as Danny Cruz mentioned earlier in the broadcast and the show here, they're four points back of Sacramento for the overall league lead. Uh, On paper, on paper, this is the kind of team that you would expect Louisville City to win comfortably against. Um, 
as long as they come out and put in the kind of professional performance that they have and did all last year and certainly did on Saturday and, and have over the course of the season, even if they weren't spectacular, uh, spectacular, Lou City was able to get results. Um, and, and that's the kind of performance they need Wednesday night against Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa's kind of historically, and I'd say even this season, just kind of a mad team. Probably not going to be at the bottom of the table. Probably not going to be you know, winning out in the East, but they, they can get a job done on, on, you know, against different opponents. On, you know, any day, anybody can win. Um, they have Rodrigo DaCosta, who is probably their most outstanding uh, player, goal scorer. He's, I think he's, he's scored a number of times on Louisville City, been a little bit of a thorn. They also got Marcus Epps from, um, from Phoenix, who's, That's right. who's another yeah. solid player as well. So they definitely got talent, but um, like you said, a team we absolutely should be beating, but you just never know. One other note before we uh, sign off here. The crowds for Louisville City have been phenomenal this season. Oh, yeah. Uh, averaging, Jonathan Lintner tweeted out earlier this week that they're averaging 10,824 fans, Louisville City, through four league games at Lynn Family Stadium. That doesn't include the Lexington Open Cup game. Uh, that's, that's an increase of 15% over last season. And it's still May. We haven't hit June. We haven't hit July. We haven't hit August. Uh, those, those days of summer where the fans really come out to Lynn Family Stadium when the sun is shining and the weather is warm. School's out. And school's out. That's an excellent point as well. Um, so it, it, it's just encouraging to see. Uh, the fan base keeps growing. People are coming out to support this team. Got to start supporting racing now. Uh, this is a team that is so talented and deserves a, a larger fan base. But still great to see people coming out to Lynn Family Stadium and, and, and you know, just making, as Danny Cruz mentioned, a great atmosphere. Year over year, people are starting to recognize the awesome products, plural, that we That's have right. in town. That's right. And it's starting to reflect in those attendance numbers. It's one of those things I keep telling the people. You know, you get people to come once, and a lot of them will come back because it is just a fun time. Whether you're going there because you're obsessed with the game or you just like to hang out on a nice day with a cool atmosphere, it's the place to be. You can't beat it. We talked about the big bar. We talked about how awesome and winning the team is. It's got something for everybody. And I, I pointed this out on Twitter as well, but I'll say it here on the radio. Uh, Louisville City averaging 10,824 fans. The lowest attendance in Major League Soccer right now, average uh, per game per game. Chicago Fire, 12,958. Louisville City's right there on their heels. It's one of my favorite things about Louisville sports minutia is that the Redbirds back in the 80s outdrew a couple of Major League teams. I mean, Louisville City's right there. They could outdraw a Major League team. Uh, just need a few more fans to show up throughout the summer. Uh, but it's just encouraging to see great atmosphere uh, for Louisville City. Again, Wednesday night against FC Tulsa at 7.30. Racing in action on Saturday on the road to Kansas City. And then back at home the next Saturday against North Carolina Courage. They've won two straight games. Uh, encouraging. It's just been a great week for Louisville soccer. Yeah. I love talking about wins. Let's do it again next week, right? Let's do it again next week. 6 o'clock Thursday night, ESPN 680-1057. It's Soccer City. He's Benton. I'm Jeff. We will talk to you then. And oh, by the way, uh, Wednesday night, 7.15 here on these same stations. We'll have the broadcast of the game against Tulsa. We'll talk to you then. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start, before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.